Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 16.5 of Walking and Talking with Trey and my hero, Kevin Kelly. And return guest. Return guest. That's right. Actually, I think you were my, my first, first guest. Yes. So now is... he's a second. Now he's going to go through all of his other guests again. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we today, Kevin? We are in... Yellowstone National Park. We're in a place actually called Slough Creek, which is over there. This is probably one of, you know, it is the most remote place I've ever been in the U.S. And yeah. it is a valley where um, there's not a single sign of human habitation. No power lines. There are these wagon tracks, which are created by horse-drawn wagons because no motor vehicles are allowed right. here. So it's incredibly quiet. No sound of civilization, just some birds. You got the creek. There are bears around. Bears. Yeah. We haven't seen any. No, we haven't. But we've got these three ladies up there being our meat shield. Right, exactly. The bears will get them first and then we can run. Yeah, we'll fill them up, basically. Um, and so we're at Yellowstone National Park walking along and in this complete absence of technology, let's talk about technology. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the mirror world. Um, this is your concept. Did you come up with this word? Mirror world? Um, I did not. Okay. I came up with applying that word uh -huh. to this vision of um, technology and it is a word that I first heard from a writer and thinker called um, David Gelertner, uh -huh. who's a computer scientist at Yale. And he wrote a book called Mirror World, which was not exactly what I'm talking about, but it was simple right. enough to inspire it. Well, I was lucky enough to see your presentation the other night. Let me try to describe what this place is like a little bit. So okay. this place called um, Silvertip Ranch. Right, which is, which is down at the head of this valley, right. this way here. Right, and to walk, to show how remote it is, you could park your car way over there. It's probably like a four-hour walk to get right. there, so it's quite remote. So this, our friend Jerry Orstrom always invites this eclectic group of mm -hmm. people, like biologists and paleontologists and artists. And photographers. Photographers, writers. And then, so we, it's about 20 of us, and so we spend a couple weeks out here, which uh -huh. is a week. And... You go out during the day, you can go uh, hiking, horseback riding, fishing, whatever. And then at night, we all sit at this big table and they randomize who you sit by. So you're sitting by fascinating people. You have dinner together. And then after dinner, they pick two or three random people to give their little 18-minute TED Talk. And that's when you presented this thing. And my mind was, well, you, you already know this. You already know that you completely changed my life from your first TED Talks and your books. I was like, wow. And then I applied all that genius to to my life and to the blog and stuff like that. So then I'm always like, oh, well, what's he thinking now? And then when you gave this talk about the mirror world, I was like, wow, genius. Something new. I can't even get my head around it. It's so awesome. Right. Yeah. So to compress this very complicated thing to a few words, mm -hmm. I want to do it by saying, first of all, I, I think... Um, what the, the big thing that comes after 
smartphones and the way that smartphones came came after the web as kind of being the big next thing big next thing after smartphones will be smart glasses and smart glasses are glasses that you wear and see through maybe have prescriptions you can see the world as we see it indoor outdoor and overlaid or on top of this real world will be a virtual counterpart a virtual representation a virtual map of that same world that everything that exists including all places would have a digital counterpart a digital twin okay, yeah I'll pause here look at that beautiful there's something down here yeah be okay anything really right it could be the duck <laughs> so um to resume yes the uh these smart glasses mm -hmm. which will maybe eventually look like your glasses right would allow us to see both the real world and mm. the digitized world yeah at the same time and you could dial up flicker through scroll to the degrees that you want to see either. Mm -hmm. But it would also allow us to, um, like right at this moment, if we wanted to, teleport a telepresent, another figure could be right here. Mm. And we would see that person, or maybe there's some apparition that we wanted to make mm -hmm. as a game, or even, let's say, to, um, we could um, put on some identification on these flowers. We could have labels on them. Mm. Um, we, we could ask it, also, to do the things that we want to do with the phone now, is we could say, just identify that flower. Mm. So it doesn't always require overlaying the virtual. It can just take advantage mm. of the fact that it, it um, has uh, recognition, image recognition, audio recognition. So it's, it's the thing that you want to have in your mind is that it's a convergence of the real world and the mm. digital world together right but they aren't separate right it isn't like we're going to go online we're online we're in cyberspace oh, and then there's a real world no, no right. th 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 this this is the confluence of those two things right and so there's many varieties of how they might meet um but the idea is that the two are matched and melded together right so i know it sounds kind of well, I don't think it's dystopian. I think it sounds awesome to walk around and be able to see this information. And I think some people choose not to do it, but if you choose not to have these AR glasses and see all this extra information, you're just, you have less information than everybody else. And True. not that everyone needs to have maximum information flow all the time, but, but the, it yeah. makes the world so much more interesting, I think. Right, so that's, that's one view when you take into account or if you keep in mind the idea of information. But one of the important things about this world is that it's not going to be the extension of the Internet of Information, that there's a new currency that is created by this technology. And that is the um, currency of, of experiences. Mm -hmm. Experiences become kind of the basic building block unit. and. It works on the fact that 
Just as there are kind of there's an illusion created in our brains through the technology of cinema, mm -hmm. where you show a sequence of still images, you can persuade the brain that something has moved when nothing has moved. Mm. And this new technology is able to persuade the brain, the brain of presence and immersion to convince you that something is really there, even though you know that it can't be there, even though it may look like a cartoon, but that cartoon really feels like it's there. And so that, when you take off these glasses, you, you, you recollect not having seen something, but having experienced things. And so, uh, this is a world that people will use, not because they're getting extra information, but because they're getting new and unique experiences, because they're getting experiences that are incredibly social and compelling. And it's the experiences rather than the information that I think will drive this new technology. Right, and I guess the experiences, like right now, our experiences are like, you go home and watch Netflix on a couch, and that's not really that great of an right. experience. But these will be with you all the time, and they'll be interactive, and good storytelling. Sure, so this, this technology right here, that we're, you're now participating with us, in is sort of one very crude gesture in this direction of trying to make it feel more immersive and so that you in some ways would be able to share this experience that we have right now being in this meadow with the fire torn timber the regrowth of these amazing flowers and the fresh air and stuff you know you can't won't be exactly the same but it'll be a lot more than you'd get from a still image right or even this 360. Yeah, I'm hoping this is a little bit more future-proof, at least. It'll last for a while. Yeah, people so, will be so able to... it's, 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 again, it's, it's, an, it's an attempt in the right direction mm -hmm. towards this. Um, it would be better if you were observing this in full volumetric right. spatial computation with glasses. And so uh, th th that's really the way that, that we can make a convincing presence. So this, this is a, here's a question, and I have, this is an interesting idea. So this is recording a movie, right? Right. And maybe in five years, or 10 years, we just take this movie file, run it through another program, and it will go through and identify everything that we're seeing. And it gives it sort of like a right. you know, sidecar file. So then when people are watching this in five or 10 years, they can, they can see all this stuff. They can see sure. the rock layers, where we are, a map, just, flower types. Right, just in the same way that with AI, we can actually recolorize or colorize black and white mm -hmm. images from a century ago before they had Kodachrome. Right. We can, we can actually reverse engineer out that additional dimension of color. Right. Yes, so in the future, they're, particularly if they map this area, mm -hmm they could go back and we could take this video and we could basically embody it fuller, extend its dimensions and make it into a something that you could use with a smartphone, uh, smart glasses. So, all right. um, so there is hope mm. for the, all these old stuff that we're making and we can bring them and migrate them into these new formats, um, just as we might be able to do with old uh, video recordings too. So as you're, okay, you've got your AR glasses. That's you're, another idea we should patent. That's another good one, yeah. That's a good one. Um, or Sorry. we should not patent it, we should publish it. Yeah, prior yeah, our prior yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. 
So, um, so <laughs> you're rocking around with these AR glasses, and you see I have extra to just information. Hold this here because holding this. I, I'm just, I just love this sculpture here, this natural sculpture, these uh, uprooted trees. There's something about them that's so cool. Uh, they're fire burned, but, but it, they just look like um, works of art. Oh, a little walk and talk. We're going to finish our interview. There's the great Jerry Orstrom right there. How are you, Jerry? I am well. We love you, man. Thank you, Trey. Okay, let's keep going. Now, where were we? Mirror World. Oh, you're uh, we have to walk slow because I'm barefoot. Let's wander that way. Um, do you think that we're already seeing the first inklings of this with phones and AR, or are we not even close? Um, there's a saying that um, the difference between a partial eclipse and a full eclipse is sort of like difference between a kiss and marriage. Uh -huh. And I think we're still at the level of a partial eclipse that, that the little hints that we have with the phone, and Pokemon Go, and even VR don't really indicate the power of what a real experience of this will be like. Um, do you think um, it's going to be ubiquitous, this kind of thing like most people on the planet will either do or want to do? Or do you think it's just going to be the tech elite or do you think it's just going to become as ubiquitous as the phone? I think in the beginning it will be a lot like the phones in uh -huh. that in the very beginning the only people who had cell phones were billionaires mm -hmm. who had these big bricks that they yeah. also had a suitcase to carry them in and you know over several decades mm -hmm. uh, it got to the point where most people had them and so I think in the beginning this is just going to be a tech elite thing uh -huh. and they'll be kind of clunky and dorky maybe they won't work very well they'll be very expensive in fact most people are going to first encounter this at work. Uh -huh. Right. They're going to be putting them on if they work in a warehouse, if they are mm -hmm. working in a factory, if they work in an office. That's where you're going to encounter this at first. Mm -hmm. Long before you have one that you might even wear at home. What makes you... Okay, here's a question I'm going to ask you what I'm curious about. What? Why are you such an optimist? Because I'm sure you have to deal when you speak and you do uh -huh. interviews and you take questions from the audience, there's so many pessimists out there. I'm sure you've heard it all. Right. Have has no, have none of these pessimists given you a reason to doubt your optimism? No. Let's turn around. It's getting too stickery for me. I have sensitive feet. <laughs> this, is, this is virtual pain. Yeah. It's all in your head. <laughs> it is, technically. I know. It's also in my feet. <laughs> um, no, it, it, it doesn't because the pessimists generally forget a couple things. Mm -hmm. They generally have no idea about history. Mm. They don't realize how bad things were before. They don't realize uh, how far we've come. They don't... They're comparing it to 
I don't know, maybe the last five minutes instead of to the last mm. 500 years, the last 5,000 years. And they, and they would know that generally every technology has problems, every mm -hmm. new technology has new problems. Um, it's not that these things don't have problems at all. And I, and I will be first, you know, we can talk about the problems it may bring, but the advantages generally will outweigh the disadvantages, the problems, and, um, you know, um, we move forward. So automobiles, this wonderful device, kills one million people, other humans around the world every year. Mm -hmm. Now, you might think, well, we're never going to accept that technology. <laughs> right. It's going to kill a million people? <laughs> well, are you out of your mind? <laughs> right. Who's going to use it? I mean, but yeah. we do. Yeah. Because the advantages of that, despite the accidents, mm -hmm. is so strong, that it's so good that we use them. And the same thing with this. This technology will surely have downsides. It will surely cause problems. But those problems aren't sufficient to... The benefits are so good. Right, they're they're worth the problems. They're going to they're gonna, they're right. gonna overwhelm the, the, the costs. And this so one... That's, so that's one thing. And the second thing uh -huh. is, is that pessimists generally tend not to evaluate the new things. They, 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 you always have to compare it to, to what? You have to compare it to the other things that we already have. So the, you have to compare the dangers of fillings in mm -hmm. your teeth not to like nothing, but to the idea of having cavities. Mm, right. So, um, yeah. uh, and so we always have to compare things not to a vacuum, but to the old technologies which themselves have problems. Mm -hmm. And so right now there's a lot of hand-wringing and worry about social media. And it maybe this take one example: its influence on elections. Mm, right. Well, whatever. First of all, we don't we don't know what the influence is on elections, but we know that whatever the influence, say, of social media on elections, it was far, far less than the influence of television on the elections. Right. Mm. Right. So. Right. So certainly the Russians attempted to influence the uh, elections through Facebook. We don't even know if they actually did influence it. Mm -hmm. They tried to. But we know that Fox News mm -hmm. had tremendous influence sure. on the election. So you always have to compare it to, to what? To something else. Right. And so these new technologies coming along have to be compared to what are the dangers, what are the inherent um, dangers of the telephone, of... Uh, of you know um, movie theaters whatever so so it's you you always have to have the context of what we're going to use instead if we don't use this right um also the other bad thing about pessimists is they're real downers <laughs> well you know i mean so i don't want to dump on pessimists too much because i think they're necessary yeah so i i liken civilizations kind of like a vehicle a uh -huh. car. to keep it going forward you need this engine mm -hmm. this dynamism this dynamo mm. but unless a vehicle has brakes you can't steer you can't really drive it mm -hmm. so we need brakes 
We need people to, 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 to be critical of it, to, to think about it, to say no. They are a necessary part of the system. But I find it much more enjoyable to be the engine than the brake. Right. And to try to develop new engines rather than new brakes. Continuing your thought there, sorry, battery swap. Um, I have forgotten my thought. Oh. That's a question. <laughs> Oh, we were talking about pessimists and how they don't, um, uh, we were talking about it has to be the engine and the car, and... Right, and so, and so th there is a, um, there is a pleasure in trying to move things forward, even while I acknowledge that it's necessary to have it's necessary to slow down. It's necessary to go in reverse, even at times. But that general, the general movement is forward, mm -hmm. and um, what we get from moving forward is not just you know more, um, more stuff, but we get more possibilities. We get more opportunities, and, the, and that's the general drift of progress. Is 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 that we. It's sort of like the price of having increased possibilities and opportunities is, is to have more stuff. Mm. More stuff is not the goal, it's just the gasoline and the fuel that gets us there. Right. Um, so, I'll end with this question. You know, I think a lot of these, maybe not pessimists, but just people in the middle, they're worried that all this tech will make us... Uh, less human, maybe it will erode the culture away, or do you think it might go the other way and make us even more human, more communicative, and have more meaningful connections? I'm of the latter persuasion that these technologies, like AI and like this augmented reality, this mirror world, will in many ways make us better humans. and or. Um, and, and by that I mean that we will, that more people, mm -hmm. born and unborn, will have the opportunity to find and discover their talents and to share them widely with others. And that more and more people will have longer times to do that. They will live longer, they have more leisure. Mm -hmm. um, more varieties of people will do that. Yeah. And that we will also learn through our culture, being taught to mm -hmm. be um, fair, more equitable, mm -hmm. more sympathetic, more um, human. Human. Exactly. Uh, right. You know, whatever, however you want to define human, yeah. we're probably going to try to expand that. The circle of empathy yeah. will widen. Mm -hmm. We know right now we've kind of gone from family and tribes to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, entire nations. Now we're kind of expanding it from human species into other animal species and eventually go into synthetic artificial consciousnesses. Um, and that's all good. So I think that um, these technologies um, will make us better humans. I agree. And I know just through technology, I got to meet you, and you have made me a better human.
just by well, being around you, man. Thank you. You have made me better technology. Oh, okay, let's have a hug. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. All right, now it's nap time. I did my nap. Nap attack? Oh, you did. I'm going to grab my nap then. I'm going to go in the hammock. <laughs>